0: You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. Welcome to the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Ghouls Allowed, with me, your host, John O'Butler. Joining me this month, I have got Liam Banks. Hello. And Sarah Thomas. Hi. And we're back with an actual squad this month after last month it was just <laughs> Liam sat at home, possibly in his bedroom, wobbling into a microphone. Someone actually recorded it this time and it ended up on the internet. Um Yeah. So thank you for that, Liam. Thank you for uh, filling in
1: for me mm. last month. I could never compare to how good you are, John. I'll just say that. Mm. It, was, mm. uh, it was probably one of the single-handedly most depressing experiences of my life. So
0: did you just kind of have one of those out-of-body experiences where you saw yourself doing it and going, no... Yeah, I kind of just, I mean, the, the blooper at the end of
1: that episode is me going, just do not let me ever have to record this again on my own. Because <laughs> that was just, just from the heart. I was just like, no, never let this happen again.
0: <laughs> you need at least one just, more person to bounce off. Otherwise it is just you sort of sadly that's it. chatting into a microphone. Yeah. I mean, at listen. least there's... At least there's three of us sadly chatting into a microphone today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sadly chatting into a microphone with friends is fine. Exactly. Absolutely <laughs> fine. Um So this month we have got a packed episode for you. Um We have got the three of us. We have brought to the table three beach slash summer, tenuous link there to the fact that it is actually British summertime at the moment, uh themed horror films. We've got a Game Over Man segment from Dan and Charlie. Foreign Bodies is making a return with Liam Banks. And he's also got a rather exciting announcement at the end of the podcast. But we'll leave that for now. Um, So when we were trying to come up with an idea for this episode, Liam got in touch and he said, you know what, it's summer. Let's have a think of horror films that are sort of linked to this time of year. So, it could be anything that happens at a beach. I immediately went for all those films that were spring break films, and then I thought, wait a minute, there's an issue because Is that's spring,
2: so I can't. <laughs> <any of> them. <laughs> um,
0: so, it crossed most of them off my list. Uh, however, I'm going to come to the table straight away with an absolute stone cold classic. Um, I think it's probably the first film that's going to come to most people's minds when they think of beach. Uh, and it's not the beach with Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. It's Jaws. Great film. Great film. It, the beach <laughs> is a great film actually. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it quite fit into horror. Yeah. So, so I went with Jaws. Um, and it's a film that actually I can't remember seeing when I was young. So, I must have done because I know the story. I, I can remember certain bits of it. Um, But I can't remember ever sitting down and watching the whole thing. And then we went mm-hmm. about two years ago to see a screening of it at the quad. Um And it still holds up. And I think the kind of the reason for that, more than anything, is the kind of the difficulties that it had when filming mm-hmm. it, when making it. Because originally there was supposed to be a lot more set pieces with the shark, uh, but Mm -hmm. then obviously I think it's been well documented that they had so much trouble with the mechanical shark and the animatronics that they decided that the the, kind of the best thing to do at the time was to replace those shots with uh, shots of um, the yellow barrels going up and down so you sort of get that suspense, Mm -hmm. Um, the dorsal fin characters (laughs) being like, yanked off from side to side on cables so apparently (laughs) that was the thing Like that opening scene was going to be you would actually see the shark Um, but how much better is it that you don't see what's going on you just see her getting dragged from side to side to side and Spielberg uh, was quoted as saying that it sort of went from being what he thinks could have been like a Saturday morning kind of TV movie to something more akin to Hitchcock with all the suspense that the actual yeah. lack of shark mm-hmm. gave it. And yeah, I think as well, looking back, if it had had the shark in like front and center, would we be talking about it as much today? Probably not because we would be looking oh, no. back at it going, man, that shark looks terrible. Or I mean, the, wow, the only bad, bad elements. The only bad elements of the film, and I
1: mean, I say that tenuously because I don't think it's a bad film at all. I think the only hokey bits are the bits where you actually see the shark because exactly. yeah. it was literally done in the 70s. Yeah. So, it's um, yeah, I, I think it definitely benefited from them having to get creative. Um, and I mean, as filmmakers, we know that firsthand as well. Like, I think
0: you always yeah. get better ideas when you're forced into that corner, really. Um, oh, God, yeah. But can you imagine being on the set when... They found out that it just wasn't working. That sort of. Good old Bruce. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce the Shark.
2: Be glad.
0: Named after (laughs) Spielberg's lawyer, I think. I think uh, Spielberg came up with the name. (laughs) So we can sort of see what kind of guy Bruce was. (laughs) Apparently, it was hell on earth, wasn't it? That production. Like, I mean,
1: I think all of them, Mm. everyone, when they speak about it now, obviously it was a film that kind of just broke all the records, didn't it? I mean, it was like the first blockbuster really, yeah. but the, the fact that they all kind of look back on it with this view of like, Oh God, never again. Yeah. Um, they had and I mean, flashbacks. they did, they did, they did yeah. several more times, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It would have been amazing. I think to have seen all of that firsthand.
0: Yeah. Um, but I read As a production. Read somewhere that it, was originally slated to take about 67 68 days to film and then it ended up running at about 150 so
1: yeah i mean that's insane
0: isn't oh, it God, it was, like, it was the first film that they actually shot out to sea as well on the ocean uh yeah and yeah and to trust that to a then 26 year old director i think in spielberg
2: so yeah it's you
0: know, crazy was, uh, isn't it he was a young man he'd done one uh actual theatrical film before that and then obviously Duel which was a TV movie which he kind of that's why they hired him apparently because they thought actually thinking about it take the fact that it's a shark away you've Mm. got this big terrorizing force in Duel and then you've also got the the kind of the mild-mannered driver who's being terrorized by it actually yeah it kind of does have parallels to Jaws as well so they went you know what spielberg's the man yes yeah, spielberg in. little did they
1: yeah. know that he would go
0: on to become
1: yeah. spielberg yeah. yes <laughs>
0: crazy <laughs> yeah it's amazing how much we actually talk about him on this podcast isn't it uh, yeah i mean he yeah. treads a, a
1: fine line i think between horror and family movie or horror and i don't know alien film and that sort of thing it's he's he's very much those are the films from the 80s that I think you always remember as the ones that maybe did scare you a bit too much yeah than they should have yeah. <laughs> um i i mean i think my mum my mum told me i mean i i remember watching jaws like quite young i think it was christmas day actually it was on in the evening and it, it like changed my life watching that film um i think um, when you talk about it uh, i know charlie spoke about it in the blog post that just went up you do feel afraid to go in the water after seeing that film. Like, you know, when you go to the beach the next year, you're kind of like, okay, that, that, that could be a shark, even though we're like in (laughs) the UK and it's just not going to be a thing. But, um, I can remember my mum even talks about it now as like one of her first cinema experiences. And she can remember like, she can remember all of it, like how everyone reacted and she went to see it with her older brother. Um, and i think yeah as a film it just completely just changed everything and you're right when you think about something you think about jaws don't you it's mm-hmm. they're one and the
0: same now yeah go to the beach get eaten by a shark sold <laughs> <laughs> done
2: <laughs> so done right
0: uh-huh. mm-hmm. so i suppose i've been kind of rather generic with my choice but i kind of i thought i'd go so down the nose with it so on the nose with it that nobody else would come up with it uh, and I hope I was wondering whether or not we'd
1: we, any of us would talk about yours, to be honest. So I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad we did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna take this opportunity now, then just to introduce a new segment to the podcast, uh, which Charlie and Dan will be doing. They're gonna send us in a clip this month. So they're not actually here, they're in the ether. They've probably not even recorded it yet. They might even be <laughs> recording it tomorrow. We never know. But in the podcast, it will be seamlessly edited in so that your listening pleasure will not be interrupted. Uh, And this segment is called Game Over, Man, and it is going to give you an insight into some horror games, be it uh, on the console, on the PC, or even board games. Over to you, Charlie and Dan. Game Over.
1: Hi Jono, it's Charlie and Dan with our monthly game recommendations. Hello there. So I'm going to kick things off with my first game recommendation, which is going to be Condemned Criminal Origins. Now this was released on the Xbox 360 and then later the PC. Uh, If I could shorten it down, it is basically spooky CSI investigations with the most brutal combat. I've ever seen and some absolutely incredible jump scares. Awesome and my recommendation is less digital, more classic board game um, in the form of the Jaws board game. Um, It's strategy, Um, one of you will play as the shark and the rest of the players will play as various characters from the film and it's kind of a battle to see whether the shark is going to win or whether the players
2: themselves and the residents of Amity are going to win. But it's a lot of fun, so highly recommend that if you've not already played it.
1: So those are this month's game recommendations. So let us know on the Super Freak socials if you have either of those games, and if you're planning to, let us know your opinions on them, because we'd love to find out. Back to you, Jono.
0: Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Dan. What an amazing segment that was because it's like we actually planned it. They talked about Jaws, the board game. I talked about Jaws, the film. I mean, it's like (laughs) this podcast is actually running smoothly for once. (laughs) It's like we're not improvising constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Having said that, that's, oh, for God's sake. That is so annoying. Just when you say something's going well and then it just starts to crackle again. It's every episode, Jono. We need to sort this out. It's not good enough. See, I don't even know if the listeners can actually hear it or not. Oh, you know what it is. (laughs) He's back again. He's in the corner. It's it's Nicolas Cage. Cage Corner. Corner. So Cage Corner this month, I've moved away from talking about Nicolas Cage's new films because we all know how fantastic they're going to be. And in fact, that's a total (laughs) lie because I will talk a little bit about one of his new films. But first, I would like to give you a Nicolas Cage-related fact because I haven't done that in a while. Oh, it has been a while since we've got a Cagey fact. Now, this one I think will probably speak to some of us. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I said that. But you know, it could do. So this is in an interview with uh, Playboy magazine, of all places, <laughs> where your boy Nicholas Cage was talking about a recurring dream that he used to have as a four-year-old. Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he says, "This is quotes." Now, I was on the toilet. <laughs> And this is in the dream. Um, And this giant blonde genie woman in a gold bikini would reach into the bathroom window like King Kong and pluck me off the toilet seat and laugh at me. (laughs) Now.
1: Where do you go with that? I mean, (laughs) if Mm. So, oh. can I just clarify some details? There yep. is he is he talking about present day Nicolas Cage dreaming he was four years old no, getting no, no. plucked off the toilet, or four years old four, Nicolas four, Cage yeah. getting plucked off the toilet by the fifty foot woman?
0: This is you've made her fifty foot; she's giant. So you you've made her specifically fifty feet, Liam. Um, oh, okay, I feel like that's what that's he nice was he was thinking about. Maybe I'm trying. I'm trying to
1: make sense of this. Like, yeah, no,
0: he was four when he had this dream, which okay. I imagine then had a large impact on his formative years, uh, and has made oh, him into yeah. the man that he is today. But
2: I'm, I'm thankful yeah, for it.
0: Pick apart really what that could mean. Mm. The symbolism,
2: yeah, connotations of the gold bikini. Why is it gold? Why is it no mm. other colour? Why is she, why is she laughing? Gold?
0: And what, laughing, why, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, mm. I
0: mean mm. the thing is, if you are current present day Nicolas Cage and you have that dream, you could sort of make sense of maybe, oh, he's been through maybe, what, five marriages now? So you could sort of <laughs> think about that the women are laughing at him, maybe he's not good enough for them, that sort of thing. You could start delving into stuff. But a four-year-old. Yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty
1: intense stuff mm. for a four-year-old to be yeah. to be thinking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, had any weird I don't dreams know. lately, Liam? Have I? Yeah. Just curious uh, if you've had anything.
1: Oh, it's just constant existential dread, to be honest, Jono. Fair. Um it never really <laughs> starts. <so>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but I also promised that I would talk about one of his new films as well. Uh and it is, of course, his up-and-coming Prisoners of the Ghostland, which, in his own words, is the wildest movie I've ever made. I love the fact that that's in the trailer, on the poster. Like,
1: I don't think I've ever seen that before, where a film is marketed off the lead star saying, this is an insane movie that I've yep. been a part of, but it works because it's Nicolas Cage.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's got us hooked, hasn't it,
0: surely? 100%. And I just love the fact that it's come straight off the back of critical success <laughs> in Pink. Yeah. And then he's gone straight back into, you know what? Versatile. Eskimental.
2: Versatile. What like. That's what he yeah. is.
0: And I watched the trailer for it earlier, again, because I've watched it a lot. And, God, it looks brilliant.
1: It does it look actually quite impressive
0: it, i think yeah. it was yeah um the director's got form so it's not just some absolute randomer who's come in and managed to bag nicolas cage in a starring role um it, <laughs> it genuinely looks like it's going to be fantastic i reckon this could be back to back 100% solid nicolas cage and, yeah and obviously the unbearable weight of massive talent will come out next and then it'll be back to back to back
1: I mean, this is the thing and what is impressive. I don't think there's many stars that every month we get together, we could talk about a new film that's coming out. Like he must just not stop working because he is
0: everywhere. I think someone worked (laughs) it out that it was, I think over the last five years, he averaged a film every two or three months. My God. (laughs) Which is insane, isn't it? It's insane. It's been a pandemic. Nobody made films.
1: Nicholas Cage did yeah just Nick (laughs) yeah he doesn't
0: think Covid exists (laughs) he's just like I think Covid's scared of him
2: it really is
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I for one cannot wait for that one Um, and I feel like it's going to be one of those films that might fingers crossed potentially be shown at somewhere like Mayhem I don't know that would be classic. Yeah.
1: We we've we've kind of looked out on Nicolas Cage uh, the last few times, haven't we? With yeah. um I mean Mandy just still stays with me. Like absolute masterpiece. Uh, Colour out of it space. Was, mm. Yeah. I mean I, I I think I prefer Mandy out of the two, but okay. still
0: very much we can disagree. very much in there. Do you Let's prefer Colour Out of Space? I do. I do. Really? That surprises me. He screams at tomatoes in that one and he doesn't do that in Mandy, so <laughs> yeah, but Mandy has the cheddar cheese goblin, so Oh it does. Oh. Alpacas. Mmm. Mm. Yeah. See? Yeah. See, it's difficult, it's mm. a tough one, isn't it? I think Yeah, he has a giant chainsaw mm. in Mandy. <laughs> yeah, there's plus points to both, that's be fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's <laughs> move away from Nicholas Cage, because I feel like we're getting bogged down uh in his cagey goodness. And you know what? His films don't involve summer or the beach. So Maybe that's the next Yet. one.
1: Maybe he's been filming one right now. That is that's, that's listening to
2: this, going, Oh shit, yeah. yeah, I can do that.
1: The guys Thanks. at Super Freak have,
0: have challenged me. <laughs> yeah, I must accept. <laughs> if you're listening, Nicolas Cage, beach summer film, Bosch. Two months, that's all it takes, apparently. All right. I'm just uh, screaming at waves. I mean I'd pay I'd pay for that. I'd pay good money. Just mm-hmm. to see that. That'd be great. <laughs> So, Sarah, we're gonna pass over to you now for your beachy, horrory, summery themed film.
2: Okay, so mine has a bit of a plug as well. Um, for those of you with TikTok or Instagram, this was the last featured terror tutorial, and uh I'm going to be talking about Midsummer by uh, Ari Aster. Not beach related, unfortunately, more so a holiday gone wrong and a true lesson in why not to go traveling to other (laughs) countries which we can't really do at the minute let's be honest but yeah just more the the true horror is my time and sweden apparently (laughs) Um, so (laughs) this this film um i think it's quite a divisive one on this cast i know that charlie has her gripes with it. I'm not too sure about everyone else, but I, for one, love it. it I, I, I would easily say it's like one of my top five favorite horror films that I can just binge on. And whilst it isn't overtly gory, although some bits are, I think it really highlights through like its colour palette and general storyline the true horror of summer and cults in the light of day so it doesn't have to rely on any like corridors and all oh, what's lurking yeah. in 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 here or what's it gonna be like the, all of the really horrible shit that happens is blatant and bleached yeah in the day everyone to say <laughs> like oh man has his face smashed on a rock cool true hd enjoy that <laughs> um but i i just absolutely love it and um kind of no holds barred and it, it really does kind of up into the sense of um like hallucinogenics it's one of those films that i can watch like over and over again and be like Oh, I didn't see that before, and oh, that's I, really interesting. I
1: thought then you were going to say it's one of those films that I could just watch on mushrooms, and I was like, wow, we, we've we've learned a lot <laughs> yeah.
2: about you. So. Listen, listen <laughs> you know, it's um, I'm I'm not saying anything um about about that, but it's like I can watch it anytime. Honestly, like yeah. if I'm feeling sad, I can watch it. If, if I'm feeling, like, empowered as a woman, I'll watch it because it's mm. got so many different feelers for it. So, like, pulsating flowers and you know, seeing a gas mask in the trees. It's, like I say, it's so very, like, open and unapologetic. Um, mm. And the ending makes me smile every single time.
1: That's funny that you say that because I think... Um... I think the experience watching that film has got to be different. I think if you're a guy or if you're a girl, yeah,
2: for sure. Because
1: <laughs> I can remember, obviously, I was with Charlie at the time when we went to go and see that film, and I don't think it's the sort of film you want to go and see with someone when you're in a relationship. <laughs>
2: because... Well, it, is a, it He refers to it as a breakup movie. It's hundred um, like, percent that film. It's just, it's just a really good you know, up breakup movie.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it is it's such a complex film, and like you said, you can just go back and rewatch it and discover something new every single time. Which is, it's kind of special. You don't get that with many films these days.
0: It's definitely not something you get with horror films. like You can say, "Oh, I can watch this any mm. It's kind of when you think of oh, a film that I can dip into and watch any time. You sort of think of something that's an easy watch. But I think, yeah, I get see, the I wouldn't. I don't-
1: I'd argue this isn't an easy watch at all. Um, so it's funny you, hearing you say that, Sarah, that you just put it on where you are just like, oh, I'm just a comfort just movie. Oh my god, mm. I, truly I,
2: I, is, and I don't, I mm. can't, I can't explain why. And like, I have a few um, friends outside of the podcast who kind of stand this film no end, mm. and it's got like um, a bit of a cult following, um, yeah, amongst. Amongst the fem- feminists, thank you very much for notes and Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but like I, I am, am a massive fan of sort of cult movies and horrors yeah. of of you know communities and and cults and like I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale at the minute um, for the first time and that kind of gives me that same feeling of like oh this is really difficult to watch and it's really yeah like grim. But, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by it in, in, mm. in a weird way. And I think with, I think it is almost film, therapeutic so. though, isn't it? Yeah, like having exactly. to confront
1: like that trauma, but doing it through mm. someone else. Because I think, is it Danny? Danny's the character, Danny, isn't it? Florence yeah. Pugh. I think it, it's a complicated one. Cause I think, you know, at the start of the film, I know when I first watched it, I was very much, I don't know. I think it is kind of set up in a way that you, you think, Oh my God, this is all for what she's going through. But. Also, I don't know. You think like, I will admit, the first time I watched it, I kind of sympathized, uh, with the guy in it to begin with. I mean, it very, it changed very sharply. And I mean, rewatching it, I, I don't. Um, but I think I was kind of very much like, Oh, it, it, if this relationship's already at that place and now there's all of this strain being put on it and, and all of that sort of thing for them to deal with, it's, I, I don't know. But then you go on this journey with this character. Um, which you can't do with very many films, uh, which yeah. is which is good.
2: I find it more powerful that they don't actually have like a full blown argument or like mm. bust up throughout all of this. It's all kind of ecological and emotional moments yeah. and going through grief or or sort of losing a family member. She's going through all of that and she'll like she'll take that time. To be emotional alone because he mm. goes against it. So having this really yeah. like emotional moments of her basically having a panic attack and it's really sunny outside and it's you know yeah. a beautiful setting. It's it's almost more concerning because grief can yeah. happen anywhere and it's um, yeah I, I could talk about it all day, but I know we don't have all day. <laughs>
0: have you it. have you seen this film, Jono? No, that's why I'm being quiet. Oh,
2: this is, ah!
1: I knew I was going to have a gripe with you about this. I bet you've still not seen Hereditary either, have you? Nope. Oh, I, it, I take ah, it you've seen Hereditary, it. Sarah. Yeah. What were your feelings? So, do you prefer Midsummer over Hereditary? Yeah. Because I yeah, know it's. Sure. I think it, it, people are either in one camp or the other. I'm. Um. I'm part of an A24 group on Facebook, and literally, it's just Hereditary and Midsummer that's constantly posted in there um but i think yeah you either you either like one or the other i'd have to say i think i like hereditary a lot more than the midsummer um but i think both of his films do that really well like you said with the characters having like panic attacks and stuff and anxiety mm-hmm. and these are things that we don't see that much in in horror um but also done really really well i mean both of those films in my opinion uh, hereditary and midsummer have oscar winning performances in oh them, God, are yeah. their leads and they were totally overlooked and mm-hmm. it's, i don't know if that's a whole other issue for us to talk about but um yeah the standard of performance and just the caliber of of it you, you need to check it out jono they're I both
2: yes, really beautiful do. films
0: i will get on it i'm just looking to see if it's on any streaming services
2: Pretty something sure. it's on Hereditary, Netflix at the moment
0: yes and I think
1: hereditary's just gone on prime it was on Netflix but I think it's gone back to prime Sweet. now so people at home get on your streaming services and <laughs> check these these mofos out those have are available you, have you watched the director's cut of midsummer as well Sarah
2: no I haven't it's it's one of those that I really want to get to um I currently mm. find myself with a bit more time at the minute so I've made a bit of a list of things to it's to, uh
1: it's yeah indulging. It is, it's, I think, um, yeah, time's a good thing that you brought up there because I think that it adds like an extra like 40 minutes or something like There's a, there's a whole lot it's that he adds cool. in. Um, but it's, yeah, I, 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 really enjoy both versions. Um, yeah, I think they're, I think Midsummer has grown on me, pun intended, because plants, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's grown on me a lot more than uh, over the years, I think, watching it
0: since. So I think what we'll do then is we'll, Segue straight from Sarah's choice, Lim, and we'll go straight to you. Uh are okay. you talk about a film that I've seen? Or are you going to talk uh... about
1: Probably not? Do you, do you know what? I think well, this is the thing. So you know when we would we were deciding on the idea and we posted in the group, initially I was like, right, I've just seen old at the cinema, so I'll talk about old. That's beach horror. Um mm-hmm. it's out, it's current. And then I was like, mm, I've got some gripes with that film. So then I'm, I, I probably want to talk about something, a film that I like. And then I s- started thinking about a 1980s horror film called Humanoids from the Deep. And I posted a picture of it in our Facebook group. Um, and it caught people's attention. And the more I thought about it, I mean, I'll, I'll give a brief overview and then I'll go into my actual films. But the more I thought about it, I feel like this film maybe deserves its own episode, mm-hmm. but. I'll, I'll leave you with this, this, this brief overview of this film. So it, it was released as the film was just called Monster in Europe and Japan, but I personally prefer Humanoids from the Deep. I think that sounds amazing. Um, it was directed by a lady called Barbara Peters. So 1980s female director, progressive. That's where the progression stops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was
1: produced by Roger Corman. Um, and essentially <laughs> it tells the story of these these humanoids from the deep who are the result of this factory that are treating salmon. They're experimenting on salmon with growth hormones.
2: Yes!
1: <laughs> and they create these, these basically fish monsters. So earlier when we were talking, before we started recording, you were like, yeah, they just look like fish. Yeah, they are fish, Jono, with legs. Um, oh, brilliant. They, they, they are described... As murderous sex hungry mutations. Of course. <laughs> okay. And essentially they come on land to murder all of the men and rape all of the women to reproduce. <laughs> so that's, that's why I feel like this is where we maybe need to do a bit of a deeper dive into this film because yes, there's a lot. Literally. Um, but the, the film ends probably in one of the greatest fashions with uh, an awesome alien ripoff, which I don't think is uh, something you can ever unsee. So that was, that was something I was considering. But like I said, I thought I'd do the good and the bad of beach horror um for this episode. But are, are you guys, do you reckon you're going to check out humanoids? From right. I've
2: just written it down yeah. because I'm so intrigued. The word salmon. And then I'm like, right, okay.
1: <laughs> I got literally want to get off. I got introduced to it. Like last, last year, my partner put it on. Um, cause Uh, He loves like old horror films and and creature movies and stuff. Never seen it. And um, I think we had a double bill. We watched that and then we watched a film called Tentacles right after. And it was, that was an afternoon. (laughs) That's what I'll say. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd love to know what you guys, what you guys think. Um, I think there'll probably be differing perspectives when
0: watching this film as well. Yeah. Um, I think whenever one of us watches it, we have to come on the podcast and speak about it. Just to give our own that can just be the next segment yeah (laughs) oh who's watched humanoids from the deep this week month humanoids in your deep
2: oh (laughs) liam
1: hey i mean that literally should have been the tagline of the film it's uh it's yeah it's very very grindhouse um Um, color me intrigued (laughs) (laughs) well talking of intrigue um so I recently went to go and see Old at the cinema. Um, so M. Night Shyamalan's latest uh, effort, which can be described as horror, I think. Um, I was hella intrigued when I saw the trailer. Have you Have you guys seen the trailer? Seen the, the
0: trailer and exactly the same mm. with you. I thought, oh, this could be a return to form. Return to form. Yeah, having mean, I mean, said that, yeah. I really enjoyed um, Split. So, well, yes. I mean, apart from that, A return to form for M. Night Well, I'll
1: start it by asking, have either of you actually seen Old? Did you go to the cinema to see it either? No.
2: No.
1: Okay. Probably want to keep it that way. And I'm going to tell you why. So I do want to recognise that I think horror has pretty much single-handedly rescued cinema as we know it at the moment. Like all of the, the films that have been breaking the box office records seem to have had a horror element. So that's nice to see. This film is a horror film, but not for the ways that you'd expect. It's just horrible. <laughs> um, oh, it's, M. Night Shyamalan makes a cameo in the film, uh, like Why? he always does. No, I, I personally enjoy it. I like looking out for it. Um, and I went to I went to go see this with my mum as well. And we were both sat there and we were both going, oh, when's, when's M. Night going to pop up? And he popped up. The concerning thing was, is that his acting was probably the best in the entire film. Um, so uh. take that as you will and oh. boun- bouncing back to your choice, uh, Sarah, what was surprising is Alex Wolf stars in this film, who was in hereditary. And I think mm-hmm. he gave another outstanding performance. He's in this film, not that great. Um, oh, so wow. yeah, it was, it was kind of. It was just, I was the same as you, Jono. I've seen him have kind of this resurgence. There's kind of been this comeback almost, like he had the visit and split and glass. And I don't know. It seemed like he was getting back on track. And I know his films are divisive with their twist endings and all of that sort of thing. Um, but I think this was just, uh, it, it's hard to describe. The concept was really good. It was just executed really badly. Um, essentially, the, we follow the Kappa family who've, who've checked into this luxury resort. They've been invited to this private beach. There's them and a, a few other couples who go on the beach with them. Um, and as the trader kind of tells you, essentially the, the people on the beach start to age rapidly. So I think somewhere in the movie, it's revealed that every half hour is like a year in real time or something like that. So it's a lot more noticeable in the kids, which is, is why these kids suddenly turn into adults, uh, in this film um the camera work was just really weird they kind of had that this repeated motif of like the camera revolving around and it would have made sense to me i think if i don't know if it had done like a resolution and then it came back and then the character had grown like to me that would have made sense but it just i don't know it was it was weird and unmotivated um i think linking back to a previous episode of ours episode 14 it was it was very much a horror disappointment which was which was a shame um but i wanted so badly to like it i think the ending it had a twist ending um but it was a bit bit expected almost it's kind of set up in the uh the first kind of part of the film you kind of have an idea maybe where it's going um one saving factor I will say there was a character um called Crystal who's basically like an influencer. Uh and she's played by Abby Lee uh, Kershaw and um she was from she's been in the Neon Demon previously. And I don't know, there's something about seeing kind of people who are like influencers and those sorts of people get come upances in horror films for me. Um no offense to any influencers listening, but there's yeah, there's a great scene in a cave. Um, with her, kind of towards the end of the film, and it was it was actually pretty shocking to watch, and that to me that was great. I thought it was awesome, but that was kind of like the only bit I enjoyed, unfortunately. So yeah,
0: I don't know. I'd be curious to see what you guys think of Ooh, that's such a shame because the mm. trailer made it like so intriguing. Uh, yeah, and do you think it's one of those films where the premise is just so good that it's never going to live up to it? Or- yeah. I mean, that's it. I was thinking, you know, as we were going through it, I mean,
1: with his films, no doubt, you know, that there's going to be a rug pull moment at the end. And I was going through the film and I was thinking to myself, like, how are they going to explain this? Like, how are we going to explain that there's uh, like these people are aging? Like what, what's causing it? Why are they there? What's sort of going on? And I don't know. I think like you said, no explanation could have possibly lived up to what, what was delivered uh which is which is a shame so he kind of almost set him up for himself up for failure um kind of right there it's not to say it's not a great concept it just didn't deliver on it um i'm afraid um but i don't know it got 50% on rotten tomatoes critic score so it's yeah. definitely a divisive one you either like um, it or you don't. Sure. Oh, absolutely um what i will say just to balance the scales uh, i am aware this is me talking for a while so apologies but i did also pretty much the same week call another film um called sweetheart um which to me was the perfect kind of opposite to too old and it's set on a beach desert island um it is directed by jd dillard and it was actually released through blumhouse but it was very much a film that went under the radar. Um, and in contrast to Old, this got 95% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So certainly done a hell of a lot better. Um, have either of you guys seen seen Sweetheart? No, I must admit I've not mm-hmm. heard of it.
2: No, me neither.
1: No, I mean, it was one of those ones where I kept kind of seeing the poster um, in like horror forums, that sort of thing. I'd see it kind of pop up and everyone was kind of penning it as like, a really really good film now it's not going into spoiler territory but it is a creature feature um basically we we follow the character of jen who's brilliantly played by Kirsty clemens and she basically washes ashore on a desert island so the way i describe this film is castaway meets super eight kind of uh in some ways i guess um and the creature itself is designed by neville page who's like really, really well renowned in the industry, he did Cloverfield, super apes, Star Trek, all of these like really well known films and um essentially, we just follow her. she's washed up on this beach, and she's trying to survive it's a desert island she's she's there's there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered, which I like but to adding to the mix of her just trying to survive. Uh, we have this creature that essentially comes on land every night and she's having to kind of defend herself and, and deal with that. Um, I, I thought it was a really clever approach for an indie film. Obviously, it's a very limited location. You could tell it was limited budget, but I think it was, it was, it was great. Um, and I think it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of these films that does, yeah, it, it offers a lot if you're kind of into those sorts of films. Um, but I mean, even if, even if you kind of just want a bit of a, just a general horror film, something to put on in the background, it's, uh, it's definitely a great watch. There's a scene where she's in a hammock, which I've got to say is one of the most terrifying scenes I've seen in a good while. Um, And it really, really scared me. Like it physically made me sit forward when I was watching it. So again, another one I definitely recommend. Um, and uh, I think if you're going to watch a beach horror film other than Jaws, um, I definitely recommend Sweetheart.
0: Cool. I'm just looking to see if it's on anything streaming wise. Uh, mm. yeah, I, I think
1: it, I'm sure it has, um, I'm not too sure if it was on Prime for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it's yeah. been pulled again though now. It looks um, like it is, but it's a, a pay per view one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely worth it um i'd say kind of if you want to if you want to see it splash out and uh, and and watch it um but yeah it just surprises me that it it did go under the radar because like you guys i didn't really know it had come out mm. i think it it wasn't a cinema release uh, at least not here it was more of a um straight streaming thing but i think that's where blumhouse is best you know when they do those kind of smaller mm. smaller productions
0: yeah. are they doing another blumhouse thing this year for prime because they, they did one last year didn't yes you know, a couple of years ago uh yes it's just been TV. just been announced
1: yeah um yeah there is there is a another, another one coming out i am, i think i'm excited for one it's got barbara hershey in it Ooh. um and it's that in like an old people's home so that should be be pretty cool excellent uh,
0: I, to be fair i've not watched the the other ones uh are they are they any good no also haven't seen them i just got excited and then immediately put them <laughs> on a list and didn't watch them yeah because that's <laughs> I, exactly do that what I do all the time i was like how oh, sweet Three new horror That's films. That's going to be great to watch. Yeah, not
1: watching those. Mm. The just, thing is, though, is I'll, I'll sit there complaining about the fact I have nothing to watch when yep. we've literally just identified that I have three horror films that I could watch there.
0: Yep. yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. Goddamn. Yep. <laughs> just found out, though, but for people listening to this podcast, if you've got Sky Cinema, you have until the 31st of August to watch Sweetheart. So there you go. Oh, oh amazing. Exciting yeah, Yeah, check times. it out, guys. It's a really, really, really good film. I loved it. Um, Before we move on, Liam, to your Foreign Bodies segment, um, you touched upon something then where you just said um, that horror has kind of helped with the resurgence of cinema post, I say post-pandemic, we're still in the midst of it, but you can sort of see what I'm saying. we were coming out of it and cinema's getting getting started again and all the films that are kind of blazing a trail Mm. are either horror films or have horror elements to them. Um, yeah one why do you think that is and two mm-hmm. is there anything that you are or anybody on the podcast is looking forward to seeing at the cinema i
1: mean i, I think the reason why horror is done so well in particular is because it's it's a genre that's always popular isn't it it's um I mean, I think that's why, funny enough, the likes of Blumhouse exist because they know they can pump out a fairly low budget film and it's going to get bombs on seats and people are going to watch it. But with that being said, even when films were being streamed and it was kind of strictly that, uh, I can remember it was the likes of, um, Godzilla vs Kong. Like, I mean, I know it's not horror, but it's horror adjacent in my yeah. mind. It's like a creature film, um, that that was kind of blowing up and people were watching. I think it's because it does have that universal uh, appeal. And I think the genre as a whole provides escapism, particularly from a lot of the real stuff a lot of us were going
0: through, um, through lockdown. That's the word Um, I was going to use, escapism, definitely, because I think even if something particularly terrible is happening, there's mm. always something more terrible Uh, (laughs) to watch on screen
1: it's like what Sarah said with with Midsummer. I mean like to me that's not a comfort film but I kind of get it I get that you might want to put a film about grief and folk death Mm. (laughs) on to get through your day Um, but yeah I mean I I don't know have have you checked out have you been back to the cinema yet
0: Jono? Um, yeah I've been back once no twice I've been to see Nobody which I thought was fantastic Um, and I've also been to see Jungle Cruise, which is
1: also kind of fantastic. I I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it's no Pirates of the Caribbean,
0: but no, it was it was so close to being the Mummy, though, wasn't it? Really? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, well,
1: nothing will touch the Mummy. Uh, I'm going to say that now. Like, I don't know, the Mummy was just everything to me growing up, and I'm glad to see Brendan Fraser is getting a lot of recognition again. Yeah, which is which is nice. Um, but I'm sure Jungle Cruise was directed by the guy who did uh, House of Wax and oh, um, uh, and stuff. Let me—I uh, might be wrong, but I'm sure uh, there's there's a horror director behind it. You can kind of—it had some moments. I thought, particularly with like the snakes and stuff, it was quite scary. Yes, uh, when um, they were
0: sort of in the rocks,
1: that was yeah, yeah. There was some imagery yeah, there absolutely that
0: was pretty. You know, for a PG film pretty yeah. spooky
1: i mean yeah i'm butchering the name but it's juan colette sarah he yes. directed the shallows orphan house of wax so oh fair play
0: big ooh. horror player giving us some disney hey, disney magic so, um uh, films coming soon then there's one that i've got my eye on which is uh out at the cinema now that i really want to see called the night house oh yes yes ooh. Um, it. it's sounds intriguing as anything and also has been extremely well reviewed so far Mm -hmm. um so it's it's about a lady who uh lives alone in a house basically because she's recently become uh, a widow Mm -hmm. um and then she starts to kind of uh, his thing is whatever i do now is going to make it sound very stereotypical uh and very much like a i mean Morgan i will House say film, but the the trailer yeah.
1: kind of looks a bit like that in yeah. places like i'm a bit tired of seeing people getting dragged off mm. in horror films do you know what i mean like people getting dragged by an invisible force and it
0: did have that quality but it did look good but i, th- I think <laughs> that's the thing i think it's, it's i think you've got to play with those horror cliches to a certain extent mm. uh but mm. if you play with them well
1: Yes. You're onto a yeah. winner.
0: And I think this is what this film does. I really, I don't want to say too much about it because um, I, I've not looked into it too much because I want to go in there as kind of as blind as possible and just experience mm. it. But from the reviews that yeah. I've seen, it is supposed to be terrific. So that's something that I'm extremely mm. looking forward to going to see. Uh, anything mm. on your radar, Sarah?
2: Yeah. And I know it's something that's also out at the minute, but, um, I really want to see Candyman. Um, mostly because I'm a Jordan Peele stan and he obviously has his, um, uh, input into that one. But uh, that's, to be honest, mostly the reason why. But I just haven't been the cinema throughout this entire pandemic. So uh, I, think it is I feel like whatever I need to go and see it needs to be good otherwise I'm just gonna be yeah. like oh wow
1: <laughs> honestly the Wait. pressure was on I think I went the I'm sure it was like at the day or the day after cinemas opened again and I went to go and see bloody spiral and it was mm-hmm. just just not oh, the one. No. So you, you wanna you wanna pick you wanna pick the right thing to go back yeah. to for sure. I agree. But I don't know. I'm liking the look of, of both of those. I think um I watched the original Candyman actually last night because I was like, I need mm. to I need to get my mythos on so I know what, what they're gonna be talking about in this in this new one. But
0: it looks, yeah, it looks intriguing for sure. Yeah, I think it's brilliant that looking at the actual listings on there at the moment, then you've got Candyman, you've got um night House, you've got Sensor, all films mm-hmm. that very much fall into that horror bracket and it's not even october yet
1: oh <sighs> so we've got, we've got great things to exciting. come exciting um, absolutely great things to come i mean i will say um halloween kills is on my radar and will be the the film for me for this year i think is that the one um yeah, either cool. that or Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm quite excited about that. The latest trailer for that was more than I could have ever <laughs> wanted. <laughs> it yeah. was uh, fan
0: service at its highest degree. It was lovely. Talking about fan service, Liam, we're <laughs> going to give the <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> we're going to give the fans of the podcast what they want. Uh, I hear you've got a new foreign bodies segment. <laughs>
1: this one again i'm not too sure if i feel like i've spoken to you about this before Jono. um but uh this episode uh, i'm just getting my notes together i've gone it's a spanish language film but it's actually i need to think how to say this a uruguayan horror film okay (laughs) so so it was made in uruguay But it's the Spanish language. Um, It's directed by Gustavo Hernandez with cinematography by Pedro Luque. And uh, the Spanish title is La Casa Muda. And we know it here as The Silent House. And it was released in 2010. Now, I can actually remember picking up this film back in FOP. When pops were like still a thing here mm-hmm. um i'd just been like introduced to world cinema at college and i can remember it was this time where i was just wanting to see as many films as possible it didn't matter if they were english spanish whatever language i was excited um and this uh was one of those films that came out kind of at the height of found footage uh, and also those based on true events films and it starts with the unfortunate line based on true events. But essentially, uh, the the film itself, it was originally intended as a small, low budget horror movie for more local audiences. So it was produced in Uruguay. It was just supposed to be kind of just released over there. Uh, But then it began to do quite well, achieving quite a bit of success at um, a lot of important film festivals such as Cannes. And the film was then actually remade a year later. Uh, in 2011, uh, starring Elizabeth Olsen in the lead, uh, and that premiered at Sundance the following year. So it was very fast to the success of this film and it kind of, um, it, it did really, really well with horror audiences. Uh, and I actually watched it again today before we, we recorded this. And I've got to say, the film stands up. It's, it's still, uh, absolutely terrifying. Now the film tells the story of Laura, who's played by Florencia Colucci. And um, it basically follows her and her father, Wilson, as they arrive at a secluded cottage to repair it. Now, the owner of the property is a man called Nesta, and he's planning to sell the cottage on. So that's why they're there. Straight away, pretty much a few things seem off as Nesta tells the pair that the second level of the cottage is unstable. So not to go upstairs and all of the windows are nailed shut. So it's nearly pitch black inside, even when it's daylight. Now, with this being a horror movie, obviously our lead protagonists still decide to uh, stay the night and complete the work. And this is where shit starts to hit the fan as uh, quite quickly, um, Laura's father is murdered after investigating a strange noise upstairs. Now, Laura attempts to flee the house, but the doors are now locked and she's trapped uh, inside, seemingly no longer alone. Now, I'm not going to give too much away. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing because it's definitely a film I, I want you guys to watch um, and for people at home as well. Um, it's best to go in kind of cold. But the film continues to deliver plenty more twists and turns as we finally come to our conclusion and Laura makes a shocking discovery. Um I will say at the start of this, this segment, I mentioned the cinematographer, Pedro Luque, and there was a reason I gave this guy a shout out. Now, one of the main things that set this film aside uh, at the time was that this was presented to the audience as a one shot film. So the whole film is done in one take. We go on this journey with these characters in real time. And quite frankly, it's a great way to, to tell a horror story. Um, Obviously now it's less of a, I guess, a groundbreaking thing. We have the likes of 1917, uh, back in 2019. Um, But I mean, that film was shot by Roger Deakins, the, all the B- BTS that came out about that thing. We saw the technology they had to develop to shoot that film. And it was, I don't know, it's kind of inspiring to think almost a decade earlier, a group of filmmakers in Uruguay just thought, look, let's just make a little horror film for for people here and let's just shoot it all in one shot and although it's a lot more lo-fi and low budget um, than 1917 is the concept is still there and it i think it's executed really really well um so i definitely say don't let the based on true events gimmick put you off definitely check out silent house if you fancy a few scares in real time have either of you seen it
0: (laughs) now that you've talked about it and i've just done a quick google I feel like I have. I feel like you've talked about it, and I've I've watched it. I
1: feel like yeah, we we've spoken about it <laughs> yeah. before. Um, I, I I don't know. You might have seen obviously the the remake because like I said, one pretty much n- nearly followed the other straight mm-hmm. away. Um, but I don't know. It's it, it's
0: it's a very unique film. Uh, right. Very unique. I've just seen that the budget was six thousand dollars.
2: Wow. Yeah. So
0: I, it's fair. Play. It's crazy. But
1: to say like it isn't, although it is kind of handheld in some ways because it is just this one continuous shot. It's not handheld as in like paranormal activity or Cloverfield or even Blair Witch. And I'd I'd argue in many ways like it's it's more successful in in places like there are two good moments where it still made me basically shit myself today when I watched it, and I like I knew what was coming, Um, but to do that with one shot is insane. like to still
0: scare an audience It's a different level of skill isn't it you can build attention you can uh, by using carefully placed cuts and things like that and Mm -hmm. camera moves but to actually do it in one shot and still get a jump scare out of it or something that actually elicits that kind of response from an audience is is something else yeah definitely um but yeah
1: i mean uh I'd say if, um, definitely check it out again if you've maybe already seen it, Jono, because it is, it is good. Yeah. But yeah, for people listening at home, um, I, I think it's it, it's a film where, again, it kind of transcends the boundary of like language. A lot of it is kind of silent as per the title, but it, it does have that European flavor to it. And I mean, I, I must revisit the remake because I'm sure like every kind of remake we talk about, there'll be... They've made it too glossy, I think, or they'll have made it too too cinematic uh, in in some ways. Like it, it works because it's a bit it's a bit kind of um, different in in the way it looks and it's filmed and uh, and everything.
0: So thank you very much for that, Liam. Um, if you've not checked out Liam's recommendation this month, I very um, much suggest that you do because normally. Uh, Liam's usually a pretty good gauge of horror, apart from humanoids from the deep, which, you know, kill a salmon. But I'm going to say, hey, you, hey, you're going to enjoy it, Jono. Don't, so don't don't pretend you're not. Okay, I mean, I am going to
2: enjoy it. I'm <laughs> don't lie. Really enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, not, do you know what I mean? No. D- don't try and take the higher ground with yeah. me. <laughs> um, I have a special announcement on the podcast, which uh, actually involves none other than Liam himself and also our very good friend, Liam. That's right. <laughs> the there's, other Liam. there's two of them um, and they've <laughs> got a new podcast, which is uh, launching in September. Uh, and this is the the first that you guys are going to hear about it. Uh, it's not been talked about before. So uh, I'm going to pass you on to Liam just to give you a little bit of an insight into what's coming up. Okay. Thanks, Jono. Um Yeah. So September
1: 21st, we're going to be launching Their Queer, um, said like Caroline in Poltergeist. Um, it's essentially just me and uh, the other Liam uh, getting together to talk about uh, the relationship between queer creators and audiences and horror in general, because there's quite a bit of crossover. So if you like this podcast, you're probably going to like the other one. Uh, if you also have uh, a bit more of an interest into like film theory uh, and that side of things, we're probably going to go into a bit more detail um, and break things down. Uh, But yeah, launch is September 21st. So please check it out. We'll be posting all over social media, but you'll be able to find it in the same place that you find this podcast.
0: Spectacular. Um, (laughs) I assume you're going to be extremely tight lipped about what's going to be on the first episode. We can't nudge you for a little bit of an insight. So this, this episode of this podcast will drop August 28th.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um The episode of, we're launching episode zero, which is essentially like just a mini introduction, um, which is going to be September 1st, uh, but it does tell you what the first episode is going to be about. So I'd say check that out, but I'll give you a hint. It might involve leather trousers. Oh, <laughs> sold, <laughs> sold. <laughs> Literally, we w- we were talking about like ideas for it, and then we were just like, "Yeah, we need to talk about this. This is this is a film to talk about." So, yeah, I I hope you guys will be tuning in.
0: So, thank you very much for listening to this month's podcast. Uh, I've been your host, John Butler and with me this time we've had uh, Liam Banks. Hey, uh, hey, goodbye, goodbye even. even yeah closing of the podcast <laughs> oh my god we will keep it in we're keeping it all in <laughs> and with liam banks probably not saying hey hopefully we've had sarah thomas please say no hey. i'm
2: joking thanks for having me
0: no problem <laughs> see that's a regular human response oh um, i'm not a regular human johnno we know this no you're a humanoid from the deep humanoid from the deep the <laughs> So, as usual, if you'd like to enter our competition, all you have to do is like the post that advertises this episode on Instagram and you'll be entered into a draw to win some Super Freak Media goodies. So, again, thank you very much for listening this month. And remember, keep it creepy and see you on the other side. (laughs) Humanoids for the deep. Humanoids. (laughs) I assume that's how it's said. So this month, we have a new segment for you in the podcast, and it's over to Charlie and Dan, who will be talking about their favourite new and old games. It could be games on the console. It could be games of the board. Um, It's up to them. I've balls that up because I'm thinking about too many things, so I'm going to start again. (laughs)
1: You've done it. You've done it. I games think you've already got it in board. the last you've you've done it in the last one alright I think. No, I've, um, done, I've done I I'll done, just edit was. out the bit where you were like they're going to be talking about this this month. I will just cut that bit out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I think we can do uh, just do also. one more if you yeah. want to. Game over man. Horror games on the consoles and off the board
0: <laughs> of the board. <laughs> games <laughs> of the board. That's what they all call it. Games of <laughs> the board. Oh yeah, it's oh, a
2: game of the board. Huh?
0: You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.